They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it! You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara. Stop it! You're acting like a child. They're coming for you. Look, look! There comes one of them now. He'll hear you. Here he comes now. I'm getting out of here. Welcome to the Mostly Podcast at Night, episode 107, Night of the Living Dead. They keep coming back in a bloodthirsty lust for this podcast, pits the dead against the living in a struggle for survival. I thought you were going to do it. It always needs to end in an evil laugh, I feel like. I feel like every time. Okay, so I'll end it with evil laugh then, since I don't contribute anything else to it whatever well well, to that oh to that yeah or anything no just kidding wow kidding i'm Mm -hmm. kidding it's too early for that already no it's fine (laughs) oh it's fine it's fine hi everybody welcome back to another episode i am your host chaos i'm carnage (laughs) and i'm here to say i like this movie so don't stay away Nice. Thank you. That was quality. (laughs) I'm also sick. Sorry. Carnage is still lung sick. I had the flu. It was bad. Confirmed case. I tried to give it to chaos, but I was not successful. We still have another week to see. I'm not contagious anymore. If, If you truly aren't. I'm not contagious. Sharing is caring, though, so... So. Is that is that something that Tamiflu gives you the ability to, to not care? be contagious anymore? No, the fever break gives you the ability to not be contagious anymore. The flu gives me the ability to be wanting to share with you and be like, "Hey, misery loves company." Oh, really? Is it? Mm. Does it like partially take over your mind? It does. Oh, no, it fully takes over your mind. You should have seen some of the fever dreams I had. It was pretty great. I love fever dreams. I, know, I do too. Usually. I've had some great ones. I'm so excited for this week's movie. Why are you so excited? Because it's my pick. um, Should we... Let's introduce the movie, which is Night of the Living Dead. It was done in 1968. It was not rated. It was 96 minutes long. And it got a 7.9 on the IMDb scale. What about the tomato meter? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked because you see Night of the Living Dead on the tomato meter is certified fresh at a 97%. Ooh. Critics consensus, George A. Romero's debut set the template for the zombie film and features tight editing, realistic gore, and a sly political undercurrent. Audience score, 88%. Pretty damn snazzy. And it's pretty good. Do you want to talk why you picked this movie? Well, it's Black History Month. Mm-hmm. And this is a really important film, I feel like, personally. How so? That, um, just that it's, we got the first, basically, like, black lead in a white movie i'd say black hero black hero. i would even go further than that say hero because ben is a hero he is a hero i mean and what a hero he is i love i love ben i love ben so much he was kind of like when i was a young kid and saw this movie he was he was somebody i thought you know yeah he'd be like that guy i wish he was still around i do too i, I know him. i wish i had gotten to meet him yeah but alas, that is not a story that I would have for that would be awesome for the podcast. So mm, maybe I should cut that out. Let's no, move on. No, <laughs> I mean you would have been like seven when he died. So I mean, there was really no chance of you meeting him. You know that, right? I know that now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Speaking of that, should we just do cast so we can figure out who's who's what and who's who and who's 
here. You know, that sounds like a great idea. Johnny. Johnny. They're coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> Russell Strainer. Uh, he was actually in The Return of the Living Dead. Uh, he was one of the writers. And he was uh, the sheriff in the reboot of Night of the Living Dead. Nice. And he was also a producer on this movie. That's awesome. Yeah. Can you do it? Can you do it? Can you do it? Can you do it? They're coming to get you, Barbara. No, you can't do no, it. No, I can't. I'm not really I good. I can't do it either. You try it. They're coming to get you, Barbara. It's better than mine. They're coming for you, Barbara. I like doing it even if I'm not good at it. <laughs> anyway, speaking of Barbara, Barbara was played by Judith O'Day. Uh, she's known for some stuff like they came from the ether hole in the wall, um, October Moon 1 and 2, and... Um, She's only done, you know, this cast hasn't done a whole lot. Like, uh, she's done like 17 movies. I mean, the last one she did was actually, they're coming out. Like, Night of the Living Dead Genesis is coming out. Mm -hmm. Um, But the last movie she, I mean, was 2017. She has not done a whole lot. Hmm. 19 movies in, what, 40 years time? That's 50 years time. That's nothing. It's not much. It's not a lot. No. It's more than I've done. Well, no, it is. Well, you're not an actor, though, so. True. It's not my job. No, it's not. I suppose if I had done more than her, that would be odd. Yes. That, well, we wouldn't be on this podcast, I don't think. Yeah, I think know. you might be famous or no, something. No, probably not. <laughs> I'm so confident about the kind of actor I would be. Um, Harry, no, Ben... Ben, oh my gosh, sorry Ben. Ben was Dwayne Jones. He doesn't mind, he's dead. He was in <laughs> Black Vampire, To Die For, Vampires, Beach Street. Um, yeah, unfortunately, he only did nine movies because he died of heart failure in 1988. Very sad. Very sad. He was only 51. He was such We're a talk more about that. Good actor. He was a good actor. Harry was Carl Hardman. Yeah, he did Santa Claus. That's it. He did three things in his lifetime. And, yeah, that's it. He's dead as well, too. This is really cheerful. Well, I know. I'm just getting through it. I'm trying to get through it as best as I can. And should we mention what Harry gets? Harry gets our Chad Award. The Chad Award, the award that we give out um, named after Chad from our very first movie, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Don't listen to it. Did you say don't listen to it? I did. Why? I love that movie. Shut up. I do too. I love that episode. Our... College kids. <laughs> College kids. Okay. I'm going to do it again. No, stop me. Um... <laughs> I'm not stopping you. Keep doing it. <laughs> we have your friend, College kids. We just didn't have the best equipment then. Well, we didn't. I mean, we got this equipment only a year ago. Mm-hmm. We were actually just borrowing a friend's microphone, which it was really great of him to let us borrow a microphone. Yeah, but for like really the first awesome. 20 some episodes. For, yeah, and but it was a little rough. It was, but we got through it, I mean. And then we did get better mics pretty fast, actually. Yeah, we did. They're not as nice as these, but. It'd be nice to go back and re-record those episodes, but we won't. I know. I'm yeah, like, we're we too lazy re- for that shit. I'm like, we need to revisit those movies in our nice quality mics. Nobody cares. Nobody wants. No to, one cares. Nobody wants to listen. No, it's fine. College kids, college kids. Uh, where was we I? You're at Helen. In case Helen you're... was Marilyn Eastman. Uh, she was actually also in Santa Claus, and the only other thing beyond that was the house guest in one episode of Perry Mason. Uh, she's only been in four things. Still alive, but only been in four things. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, was she? much of you know like was that her career path actor no i really doubt it maybe it wasn't um karen was kyra shown um yeah she was in the green man and then you did i called her kira 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 Kira? Kira? it's a name sorry i talked over you she that's okay she was in the green man and then she was in the short day planner of the dead 
which I kind of want to see that. Oh my gosh, I want to see that. And that's all she was in. She's been in three things as well. I mean, and she gets our Kittner Award named for Alex Kittner from Jaws, the little boy who dies, because it's a sacred thing, something that you're never supposed to do in a horror movie, and that's kill a child or pets or pets. Jaws, yeah. But I was specifically talking about the the child. Kittner. I know, I know. I just, I don't care if children die. Pets I care if pets die. One. I, you know, we go through this every time. I know. Not everybody cares if children die. Yeah. I don't care if children die. I think more children should die in films. But we still give out these awards. So. <laughs> we need to make a slasher film where all they do is kill kids. They yes. leave the parents alone. Well, they kind of did that. Like, the, did they? In sleepaway camp. That's true. I guess. Okay. We can do it. Again, <laughs> <laughs> we need an updated version we on that. It again, we're awesome. Oh, keep going. Keep okay, going. Tom was Keith Wayne. Yeah, this is the only movie he's ever done, and sadly, he passed away too at the age of fifty in nineteen ninety-five. Which leads me to believe that there's a curse on this film on the males. They're all dead. Most of them died young. Wow. I'm gonna say curse. I'm gonna start a new conspiracy Bold. theory. I, I like it. I'm just saying, if they say it about Poltergeist... I'm here for it. I'm going to say conspiracy on this movie. Conspiracy? Yeah. All right. You heard it here first. And only here, because no on one else will say it. <laughs> and only here first. And nowhere here second. Because no one else... Um, Judy was Judith Ridley. Oh, my God. That's the same name. No, just kidding. <laughs> she was only in There's Always Vanilla. That's the only movie she was in. None of these people did anything. But they were all connected. We were talking a little bit about this before. Do you want to talk about that before we get into it? How were, they're all connected? Like uh, Judith Ridley was, was Carl's secretary. And Kira was his daughter. And Marilyn was his love partner his love partner it's a thing <laughs> shut up his love partner and business we partner do our honorable mention i know i was just talking a little bit about that first do you want to go honorable okay. mentions for next yeah okay. our honorable mention um goes to washington reporter george a. romero yes. the director and co-writer of this film and uh, John A. Russo, the other writer who actually wrote more of this film than than uh, Romero did, um, lies. He played several of the the zombies, aka ghouls, mm -hmm. which is what Romero called called to them. Um, he was the ghoul that gets the tire iron in the head. He uh, did the Molotov cocktail stunt, and he was a driver in a Washington, D.C. scene. Yeah, he was also the Washington military reporter, too. Yeah, he, didn't, a lot of he slack. didn't mention that one. He mentioned yeah. the other ones in an interview that I read um, that we'll have links Seriously? to in the show notes. Um, he said the, the Molotov cocktail stunt did, they did with real gasoline and it took three takes. And I don't know why audience member Penelope has chosen to grace you with her presence suddenly. Now. Now. I've right. been begging for it for an hour. Right. Now I'm busy. Yes. And she's got to be up on my grill. Mm -hmm. I did not invite you to my barbecue. Get off my grill. Sorry. Continue on, please. Or is that all you had? I have more from uh, John, but that will come in later. Um, should we say, too, that uh, the producers actually and the investors were zombies? We were, we were talking a little bit about before. We should have just been recording it. Uh -huh. This is kind of like an early version of a Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. Like, all the investors, um, they all had a part in it other than just giving money. All the producers had a part. Like, uh, Russell Strainer was a producer on this film. Mm -hmm. uh, two of the big, you know, main zombies were... Uh, investors in the film another investor who was a butcher uh, you know gave up guts and blood you know donated guts and blood to the film i mean they all had a part yep so it's very like we were just alluding to like oh it's like kickstarter you know well donate money get a part that's probably because um romero uh initially just raised six thousand dollars for this film and they made it for hundred thousand 
and uh that would be why and he got screwed on the back end of this film oh yeah he did really screwed like what was it um he didn't keep distribution rights, so the studio made all the money, and he very, made very little of it. Well, no. What happened was, um, they it was originally called Night of the Flesh Eaters, and the name was changed by the distributor, and uh, they changed it, of course, to Night of the Living Dead, but the copyright stayed on the original title, so the movie fell into the public domain... <laughs> Which opened it up to bootleggers and everything else, which is why my copy of Night of the Living Dead came with the additional movie, Night of the Living Bread. (laughs) 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 Which is awesome, by the way. It is a Kent State student film. um, And, of course, they were allowed to do it because it's satire and they're students. Mm. I mean, you know, there's no copyright infringement there anyway, but it didn't matter. Yeah. All, the whole thing just fell into the public domain immediately. It was just, it was such a nightmare for them. We need to watch Night of the Living Bread, by the way. We do. It is really funny. I mean, when the, the ghouls are supposed to be attacking the windows and uh, they're chucking pieces of bread at the windows, it's just, I don't, it's hysterical. I love it. What, is, what else rhymes with dead? Bed. Night of the Living Bed. Night of the Living Bed. Night of the Living Meds. <laughs> wow, that's kind of scary. I was thinking the bed could be a water bed or something. Oh my god, that'd be hysterical! You know, like there's like a water monster people. in the water. We should make this happen. Yeah, Night of the Living Teds. <laughs> we could have all these guys named Ted <laughs> attacking a town. Oh my god! <laughs> mm. I love it. Thank you. I want to see it. Night of the Living Reds. Just these Russians. <laughs> <laughs> Storm into town, take over. That's going to be the next propaganda. <laughs> oh, uh, do you want a summary? Like a short summary? Like maybe one of Carnage's favorite five second summaries? I could do that. That would be awesome. Johnny made fun of Barbara and things went awry. You know what? <laughs> Yes. It's all Johnny's fucking That's fault. That's fucking right. God damn it, Johnny. Damn you. Damn you all to hell. Because you told her. Ah! Oh my God. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Her energy's definitely back. Jesus Christ. Yes. She just broke our whiteboard. Did she break it? You bitch of a studio audience member. You're not allowed <laughs> being part of our audience anymore. You're banned. Yeah, she's definitely banned. She is. Well, she should be confined to the audience. Oh, now she's in her (laughs) box. She's confined back to her. She ran back into the audience like like she just is a streaker and everything's okay afterwards. Of course. (laughs) What a bitch. Seriously. I told you she's a bitch. It's Penelope. I'm her, sure that she bitch. had something really important to say, too. I'm sure not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, why don't we get into the real summary, since this is your movie. Okay. Take it away, Chaos. Why, thank you. Okay, so we start out with Barbara and Johnny, and they were our first cast members listed for this reason. Barbara and Johnny are in a car. They're driving into a cemetery. I just recently rewatched this movie, uh, Colorized. It was pretty cool. Really? Yes. How come we don't watch it together, Colorized? Because I didn't know it existed then. Damn you. And I found it later when I was looking up information. So is Barbara white or not white? She is. Um, I'm disappointed by that. Um, But she has a blue dress on, if you care. And with a yellow ribbon. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't match. Okay. So, uh, they are siblings. They're driving into Pennsylvania Cemetery. Johnny's complaining about how fucking long they've been on the road. And if I had to drive to a cemetery that was three hours away, I'd be cranky Was it too. three hours away? Even six though, hours round trip, right? Yeah. Okay. Six hours round trip. Even though I fucking love cemeteries. Don't get me wrong. You know what? I probably would drive three hours just to see a cemetery. Yeah, you know what? I would. So, he needs to shut up. Okay, I wouldn't. No fucking way. You wouldn't. I totally no. would. My father's in a cemetery 45 minutes away and I won't drive that far. 
You don't love cemeteries? I thought you liked I cemeteries. I do, I, but I won't go like all the time. I don't know. I just. I'm, I'm not saying I'm always out there every weekend. I'm just saying like if there was a cool cemetery that had somebody interesting in it or was like the just, one by or just was is? noted for some reason, like Lakeview is such an awesome cemetery. It is, yeah. Um, you know, it's just fun to go there. I got a question for you, actually. So you really would drive three hours for some for a cool cemetery? Yeah. Just for the cemetery? Yeah. Just for a 10-minute trip to the cemetery? No, no, It wouldn't be a 10-minute trip. If okay. I go to a cemetery, I'm going to fucking be there a while. Well, that's what I'm saying, because they were only going to be there for like 10 minutes. Well, now, see, but that's their fault, because they could have enjoyed it. I'm just saying. You walk around a while, you look at everybody. Wasn't that exciting of a cemetery, man? Uh, I would have done it. Why wasn't their mother with them anyway? That's the reason they were going. That was my first question. I'm like, she stays at home and they go. But she makes them go. She yes. sounds kind of like my mother. <laughs> you're going to go to the cemetery. Well, you're going to come with us. No, I'm going to stay home. You go to the cemetery. I mean, that sounds completely like my mom. Yeah, it does. God, okay. <laughs> Just had to point that out. Johnny utters his favorite line. He starts teasing Barbara because she's like, let's just get in and get out. Like, she doesn't really want to be at the cemetery. She's your average person who does not find them anything more than creepy. And um, we call that sad. But <laughs> but he starts teasing her and he utters the famous phrase. They're coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> I can't do it. I liked the intonation, though. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And um, and she's like, stop it. You're ignorant. It's so funny. I love some of the word choices they use in this script. Like some of the dialogue that they say is like, who talks like that? Well, a lot of it was improvised. Were it really? Because yeah. I was just like, like, who did people talk like that differently in the 60s? Like some of the words they used. I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you're ignorant. There was a better one than that, too. There was. Anyway, that that just, it made me laugh. So there's a dude in the cemetery, and he's telling her he's coming to get her. And, but he really is. The guy happens to be what Romero called a ghoul. And he attacks Barbara. And Johnny rushes to her defense. But in the process, Barbara gets away. But Johnny is unfortunately overpowered by the ghoul because they are quite strong, apparently. And uh, Johnny's killed. His head strikes on a headstone. Mm -hmm. He might not be dead, but we ran off. We don't know for sure. He could have just been knocked out. Well, she just abandoned him. We do find out later. Well, yeah, I mean, (laughs) but I mean, who knows if at that point he was dead? At at that point, she doesn't know. She just runs for it. She runs for the car. Kind of leaves him behind. But she does. She leaves him behind. She runs for the car and she she's hysterical so she's like inept with trying to actually get, get anywhere because she's a hysterical female but whatever. And the ghoul breaks into the car so she drives away uh, down a hill and promptly crashes into a tree. So then she abandons the car. Can I say something about the car real fast? Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful car. No. It was actually Russell Strainer's mother's car. <laughs> and in a break in between one of the sets someone had hit it where it was like a visible dent so that's why they actually had her crash into the car so that's reason for the dent nice yeah poor Russell Strainer's mother I hope they like repaid her yeah pretty shitty I hope so too somebody repaired it for her or something so she runs off across a field and finds a farmhouse she finds gas pumps which were apparently a thing they still are on farms they still are somewhat are they yeah for like the tractors and stuff it makes it easier see i'm not that rural i didn't know that shut up what do you call me rural are you calling me rural i'm calling you rural yes (laughs) and um she gets into the farmhouse and she's just wandering around like totally just shell-shocked until, well, no, she spends the entire movie shell-shocked. Yeah, she doesn't wake up ever, usually. <clears throat> Not ever. Uh, but then, finally, Ben comes in. Yay. Yay, it's Ben, our, our hero. hero. Dwayne Jones, the most awesomest. He immediately assesses the situation. He takes control. He's very in command, and he knows what to do. Or at least he's going to figure it out probably 
Probably. <laughs> and he slaps Barbara. And I love slaps, that part. She slaps deserves Barbara. It. She deserves it. I mean, she kind of does. <laughs> I wanted to slap her all throughout the movie, so yeah, she does. Yeah, uh, well, right? Because seriously, I mean, I understand what she's going through. I understand that she's probably in a disassociative state the entire movie is really what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I, but you still just kind of want to smack her. Yes. Agreed. Well, you know, whatever. So that's what Barbara does. We're going to stop talking about Barbara for the most part. Please, God. Because other, other than uh, wandering around in a daze and discovering the dead woman at the top of the stairs, Barbara really doesn't do anything. Um, so... She dies. Oh, sorry. Spoilers ahead. I mean, I was going to leave that for later, but yes, she does. (laughs) Well, it's something she does. I'm just saying. She finds the Coopers. She does find the Coopers. Um, Yeah, Ben Ben arrives. He drives away the, the ghouls that have been piling up outside, finds a rifle, and discovers um, the fire, the thing with the fire, the torches, and how the ghouls don't like fire. I love it when he lights that armchair on fire. Mm-hmm. That's what you get, you tacky piece of fabric. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, so Barbara discovers the farmhouse has the cellar with... Um, <laughs> Harry and Helen Cooper and their daughter Karen, who all sought refuge after their car got overturned by like five of the ghouls. Which they did that. The, any kind of cellar scene was actually on set mm-hmm. because there was no cellar to that house. house. Yeah, they dug they, they they dug like a root cellar out by hand, but not the elaborate one we saw in the movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Just pennies. <laughs> pennies of trivia. Sorry. No, Keep that's going. good. No, that's good. I appreciate it. Um, I I appreciate any trivia that you have because I, you know, have some. But um, actually, my book closed. I had it all out in front of me here. Penny did that. that you know I that, right? To talk about. The bitch closed your book. I know she did. So also I wanted to mention that Dwayne Jones, he rewrote a lot of his lines to make his character more than what was originally supposed to just be an an uneducated truck driver, which I'm not calling truck drivers uneducated. That was their words. No, right. I remember that because they totally had someone completely different in mind. Yes. And not even... Race didn't even enter it at all. No, um, Romero said that quite a few times that he was just the best actor yeah. that auditioned, and they were lucky to get him. What's their excuse for Barbara then? <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Calling you out, Judith. Sorry. <laughs> they find out like piece by piece, but I'm just gonna say it. Like Karen got bit. Mm-hmm. Karen got bit. She's hurt. She's laying down on a table. She can barely move. And they've just got a crude bandage around her arm. They need to get her to a rescue station, which they do find a TV eventually. And they find out about the rescue stations that they're supposed to be getting to. And so they want to get out of the house. But first they have to have a big fight about whether the basement or upstairs or downstairs was the best place to hide. And then they decide that they're going to get out of the house. But we got to talk about when they're decide- when they're fighting about what they're doing because Ben... <laughs> punches Harry. That's great. And it is so effing great. Well, Tom and Judy are around at that point too, aren't they? Yeah. We find out that there's also Tom and Judy. I'm just going all over the place. No, I'm it's sorry. Okay. I'm going to use air quotes. Teenagers. Oh, I know. <laughs> what were they, 28? I don't know. <laughs> Teenagers who got stranded as well. Yes. Um, and they were cute though. Yeah, and they, they were, were. They were the local teens who got stranded on their way home from something. Or on their way to something. I don't know. Didn't they say they were going swimming or something? Yeah. I have a question for you. Yes. What would you pick? Basement or first floor? Oh, or first second floor. floor? For, for sure. Second floor I don't like because I feel like first floor, you're not trapped. You've still got options. You can go up or down. I like that. Okay. Yeah. 
I think I'm going to say first floor too because I don't like the basement because, yeah, you could bottleneck them, but then what if there gets to be too many? Mm-hmm. You're screwed. There's no out. And right. The only thing I was thinking about second floor is you could go on the roof, but yeah. that's it though. But if you're on the first floor, you can still retreat up to the second floor and eventually go on the roof. roof. It's just like an extra step you can have. So every floor I think you can put in between yourself and the ghouls, like like not at first, but give yourself retreat floors as many retreat floors as possible i think is is better that makes sense i'll be with you in the zombie apocalypse okay that makes i've thought a lot about this you know (laughs) i don't know if we ever talked about this before but we were actually way way before the walking dead and everything we we were part of a uh zombie extermination league (laughs) called pod people against the undead yes this is in the late 90s. <laughs> yes, it was. So this was a while ago. Feeling old right now. I know, right? <laughs> um, but no, this, was, this wasn't this was late 90s. It was early 2000s. Okay. It's a little bit better. It was early 2000s, yeah. Um, early to mid 2000s. So much better. But, <laughs> but yeah, started. And we all had like... We like talked about it. We figured out what we would do. We, yeah, we, we had each plans. had we had plans. We each had our weapon of choice. We had uniforms. We had name tags because we went oh, as God. the group for Halloween one year. Yeah, I remember. I still have my name tag and shirt. Yeah, I still have mine somewhere. It's so funny. Yeah. So uh, we uh, we've thought a lot about what to do <laughs> when the zombies come, which. Is also, I will point out, you won't hear me talk a lot about zombies too much outside of the movies if we're doing a zombie movie because I'm actually kind of over it. Like, we did it a long time. We did. We've already done it. We did it before The Walking Dead was ever even a thing. Yeah. Like. Before Resident Evil, before all that stuff. Yeah. Like. We were ahead of our time. Let's just put we it that way. We were way ahead of the game. <laughs> and in some ways, that was not the best place to be because it didn't line up with, like, no. I would have loved if if the zombie craze that swept the country happened when we were doing pod. That would have been awesome. awesome. <laughs> but. That's okay. That's okay. I'm not bitter. <laughs> not at all. I can tell. So where are we in this movie? So. They fight. They fight. It's awesome. Um, Harry returns to the cellar because he refuses to listen to reason. Because he's a pussy. I mean, he's a Chad. He is a Chad. Which uh, we mentioned is Chad from Tucker and Dale versus Evil. But the award is given to the biggest asshole. Douche canoe. Yes. Whatever. Your biggest. Just think of that one person in your life who's just the biggest asshole you know and then times it times 10 and that's the chad yeah you're right they do mention in the tv about Um, the rescue centers the rescue centers and how this wave of of just homicidal maniacs sweeping in the nation like on the east coast just just committing homicides willy-nilly just they're they just don't understand what's happening and then fun and then it's it's as you listen they actually even get more information and they start going, okay, this is how you destroy them. Get to the rescue centers. We've got people out sweeping the area, you know, like they'd gotten control of the situation. Of course they have. They think they have, (laughs) but we're not there yet. I know. So, um, that's just what they're listening to on the TV. And, um, they're boarding up the house more and more. They have zombies breaking in more and more. Um, they do have a Molotov cocktail effect that it, that was done with gasoline, as I mentioned. Um, that was when they decided to get out of the house to get to a rescue center. So they wanted to get to the truck, to the gas uh, pumps, and get fuel so that they could get out of there. This part is so horrible. (laughs) I know. So they make the Molotov cocktails. So Harry's upstairs and he throws Molotov cocktails while they run to the chalk. And and Judy, like an idiot, like at the last minute decides to to be brave, I guess. (laughs) 
you know, those idiots breathe people. How and, dare they? <laughs> God. And uh, she goes, um, runs to the truck, and they all drive out to the gas pumps. And they're trying to, they they do, um, they do get some fuel, mm-hmm. but then they have trouble with the pump. Yeah, they have trouble with the pump, and then the truck actually like catches on fire. Yeah, for, like I'm, I was trying to remember. Like there's like a trail of gasoline going, mm-hmm. and they're trying to get away from the uh, from the pumps and away from the pumps, but this they've still just they're trailing gasoline, and uh, yeah, the car bursts into flames and goes up in fire with the kids still inside. Yeah, it's really so, brutal. It's like well done, Judy and Tom, for the zombies. Yeah, yum. Do you think they like their meat cooked that well? I don't think so. I think they like fresher better. They seem to like fresher better, but you know, any port in the storm here, you know. I I feel I feel like yeah, any port in the storm, but I could see them definitely preferring raw like Oh yeah. Like and and the fresher the better. Kind of like uh what was that TV show? I Zombie? Oh yeah. <laughs> I like that show. I love that show. She's great. Sometime we'll have to talk about TV shows. We will, definitely. Poor um, Judy and Tom, though. Poor Judy Such and Tom. Such a horrible way to die. Burned alive. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I think they, they got it the worst of anybody in the... I don't know. In the movie. The Helen and Harry. Getting eaten alive by your own daughter takes the That's cake. Yeah. So Ben tries to go back, but Harry actually tr- won't let him in. Yeah. The house. Harry's the biggest dick. I mean, Harry, come on. Oh, my God. Chad. <laughs> Such a Chad. He totally gets everything that's coming to him. Like, when Ben starts beating him down, I'm like, yes. Oh, yeah. And Ben does let him have it he, when he gets inside. Mm-hmm. He's like, fuck, no, you did not just do that to me. And then he shoots him. That's the best part. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Harry, you get everything that was coming to you. Everything. So he goes and and uh, blocks himself down in the in the cellar, and that's when he and Helen get eaten. Yeah, yeah. Karen kills Helen with a trowel. I know. Can you believe that? That's like, and great, and actually. we get we get like the <laughs> we get poor Helen's perspective. Mm-hmm. So we actually have the zombie child coming at us with a trowel. It's pretty great. <laughs> I think that might be my favorite death. That's third. That one is a really good death. And then and then of course Karen eats them. Yep. Because it's fresh meat. Good yep. eatings. Eat good your dad. Eatings. Eat your mom. Mm-hmm. You know who who wouldn't? Each kids, each a wife. <laughs> so now we're just too. down to two at this point. Slim Pickens in the farmhouse. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Karen got the best of the bunch. It wasn't <laughs> well done. It was fresh meats. She got two of them. I mean, she's a well-fed zombie at this point. Mm-hmm. The well-fed zombie. That should be a story. Karen the well-fed zombie. That does sound like some twisted, like, YA novel. Yeah, it does. Let's write it. Okay, good. I think it's a good idea. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about um, what the ghouls are. Oh, yes. So the, these are the reports on the TV, and they're talking about... Uh, <laughs> Radiation from a space probe coming back from Venus. I love it. Yeah. What happens to Barbara finally is, you know what? This was always classically my favorite death in the movie. Oh my God, how many favorite deaths can you have in this movie? I really love the deaths in this movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, here's Johnny. <laughs> see what i did i did yes um he shows up again pulls barbara through the window and eats her alive that's so great it's the best he's coming to get you he's oh, coming he came. to get you who's the child now barbara 
So Ben goes the exact opposite way I think he should go when he goes to the cellar. Yeah. We already talked about this. Go you, higher. You go up. Yeah. I, and he should have been safe. Mm-hmm. I'm very sad he wasn't safe. He could have been. It, every time I watch this movie, I'm just like, if you had waited and not shown yourself until they got like closer to you where you could say, wait, I'm human. You know, I'm always like, don't do it, Ben. Don't look out the window. Because he's shot by the posse. Yeah. He's shot and burned. And it's horrible. It's really horrible. Because we love Ben. We love Ben so much. And that's the last scene, them throwing him on the, the pile of dead bodies. Because you yeah. burn your zombies, don't you know? It's the only way to be sure. Right. The movie cost, it was shot for $100,000 and it made $600,000. They put chocolate syrup on ham for the bodies. Oh, gross. That's the mistake they made. That and is a mistake. Disgusting. And this ended up being uh, quite a commentary on race, actually. And it wasn't intended that way either, was it? It was not originally, yeah. but, um, well, actually, I heard, I read that if you talked to, to Dwayne Jones, he always considered it to be one. Okay. But Romero did not consider it. He did not intend for that originally because, as it is, he didn't write the character any different. Mm -hmm. he, he just wrote these characters and hired the best actors. So, but, um, but then when we were when they were driving the film to the distributor is when they heard over the radio that Martin Luther King had been shot. Oh, yeah. So they'd already filmed it at that point. They had already filmed it. That's poor timing. But so then at that point, they decided that, yes, it was crazy. And it really um, set a standard for the genre um, with commentary about race paranoia and um, really about what horror could say. And so I think it's a really important movie for that reason. It is. I think I agree. Yeah, for sure. And that's why it's my pick. Um, some trivia that we didn't get to shoehorn in. Mm -hmm. We should probably go over that. I know Russell Strainer, the producer, he also played Johnny. He actually bet the sound engineer at a game of chess. That if he won the game of chess, the sound engineer would do it for free. If he didn't win, the sound engineer won, they'd pay double. Russell won. <laughs> nice. So that's pretty cool. Way to cut budget on that. And then... Originally, George A. Romero. So, Tom Zavini's known for uh, Dawn of the Dead, which we've done this movie previously, Dawn mm -hmm. of the Dead. George tried to hire him for this movie, but he was actually in Vietnam at the time doing um, army photography. Really? Which I found that interesting. I didn't know he did that. So, yeah. I thought that was pretty fucking cool. He was a combat photographer. Wow, that is cool. So, badass man. And this movie is kind of significant in the way that it's one of the first films... To graphically show violent death on film. Really? When you think about it. It was 1968. There wasn't a whole lot that showed graphic violent death. So it's kind of notable for that. Yeah, I'm thinking of other 1960s horror movies that I've seen. And I, I, I would say without mentioning the invention of gore porn, which, is, which happened... At the tail end of the 60s. Yes, that, that's right. Very nice. Yeah. Um, well, this movie started the zombie craze. Because Romero might have called them ghouls, but everybody else called them zombies. We knew what they were. <laughs> Just in the first five years after its release, they had copycats in Tombs of the Blind Dead... Astro Zombies, Garden of the Dead, The Dead Are Alive, Death Loves, oh no, I'm sorry, Death Lives, and Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things, which is one of my favorite titles for a movie. I love that title, <laughs> but I don't agree. They should play with dead things. They absolutely should. So yeah, this movie really got zombies got the first wave zombie craze we'll say 
started. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> Jeez. That's right, because somewhere down the line in the early 2000s, a little zombie apocalypse survival group would form. Because of this film. <laughs> and others like it. Yes. And George A. Romero specifically, yes. Which we love him. Mm-hmm. We talked about him at Dawn of the Dead, but we, we did love him. And yeah. this, of course, this is his first film, so that's really this important to us. This was his first film. I mean, so. wow. What what a resume. It is. I fucking love this movie. I like some of the ideas for promotion for promotion they had back in the early days. Mm-hmm. So one little tidbit I have on this is uh, Walter Dwayne Reed was the distributor of this company. And they kind of used gimmicks back then. Yeah. So they made this promo. It was like a $50,000 life insurance policy that if anyone died from a heart attack by watching this film, they would pay 50000 It was like one of the, the gimmicks mm-hmm. to get people in. I just, I don't know. They don't really have those kind of gimmicks anymore. Like mm-hmm. we talked about it before, like in the original House William of Haunted Hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. They don't have those. I just love those old gimmicks like that. I don't know. They just kind of like make me chuckle. So... Yeah, I love those. Um, like, I believe uh, <clears throat> Screaming Skull, they had, like, a skull flying around. Yeah. <laughs> they did for um, uh, Exorcist, too. My mom talks about that. Oh, yeah. Even for Exorcist, like, they, they would do things, like, to, in the theaters to make it, like, Really? I didn't realize they were still doing it. Yeah, okay, okay. That makes yeah, sense. Was, they yeah. still would be. I'm thinking, like, The Exorcist wasn't fucking 1974 or whatever the hell it is well just nowadays things have just changed so much yes things still go to the theater i don't with watching things on streaming and watching whatever we watch i don't see a lot of commercials yeah like the only way you really know if something comes out is if it's really promoted or it's one of your favorite actors like i can't tell you a single one of the Oscar winners. Like, I haven't seen one of those Oscar movies this year, I don't think. I mean. Well, I never cared about what movies were nominated for Like, the Oscars. only one I knew that came out was a Joker. Yeah. It's some it's like some of those. The only, the only ones that I really know about are, well, it's because the only ones I care about is horror movies. And then I just hear about those from other horror fans. Right. And that's how I learn about them, too. Or, like, if I follow a particular actor, I know I'm talking with my hands again. If I follow a particular actor, um, that's how I find out about their new film. You know, that's that's basically it, though. But, um yeah, there's not that draw into the theater that much anymore. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it's kind of like the newspaper where it's a dying. I could see it in ten years, not even being around so much anymore. I could easily see that happening because so much stuff streams anymore. It's just food for thought. They definitely don't do the promos. Like I don't they think used to. so, though, because the theater is an experience. I mean. I don't, I just don't see people getting tired of that. You know? No, because you are actually in the minority of people who do not like the theater. Yeah. People like going to the theater. Why? Because you get to see the big screen. You get that big screen experience. You got a big screen right in front of you. That's not what I'm talking about. That's a 50 inch TV. That's That's not a fucking movie screen. That's a knife. Okay. Well, I, that's just my opinion. We'll see what happens in 10, 20 years, but I think there's going to be less theaters. Maybe not no theaters, but I think there'll be less theaters. Around. I mean, right now I'm seeing more go up. So really? You're not right now. Maybe in the future, though. We'll see. Crush Groove but I will literally be E.T. just like yesterday saw, like, was and like, oh, there's a new theaters. one. You didn't catch that, did you? Mm-mm, no. From uh, Dogma? Crush Groove will beat E.T. You don't remember that from Dogma? Mm-mm. When Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are arguing about which would be the better, which will be the bigger blockbuster. Give it time. Crush Groove will beat E.T. eventually. Crush Groove will beat E.T. Yes. Never even heard of Crush Groove. I ain't either. Exactly. <laughs> That's the joke. I get it. So. Do you have any more trivia? Because I know you had a lot of this. No, I'm done. Oh. Well, in that case. It's time to rate should we rate? I think you should go first. Okay, so this is one of my favorite movies ever. So I give it a 10. Nice. I'm pretty close. I'm at a 9.872. Just to be an asshole. 
You always are. I always am. I think we should do something special today. Okay. I think we should do a little reading. Oh, a reading. A reading, a special reading. And what would this be? Uh, It would be from the scene where Johnny and Barbara are in the cemetery. Do you want to do Johnny or Barbara? Um... I will play uh, Johnny, I think. Okay. Johnny. Sorry, I wasn't talking into the microphone. Johnny, I'm Johnny. ready for you. I got to get back to it. It <laughs> took me out of where I was. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it. You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara. Stop it. You're acting like a child. They're coming for you. Look. Look, there comes one of them now. He'll hear you. Here he comes now. I'm getting out of here. Chomp. (laughs) (laughs) Bravo. Bravo yourself. Thank you. How about some fan fiction? Okay, cool. There are three in, uh, well, three crossovers in fanfiction.net. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Toy Story, and my favorite, Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Now, it's rated mature. Of course it is. God damn Damn. Wow. <laughs> I'm just like, I just feel like you should mic drop after oh, that. it's I mean, Hispanic. I don't read Spanish. God damn Spanish. All right, let's look at the Toy Story one. All right, here we go. Woody must stop the zombies, but has other problems closer to himself. Should we get the fuck out of here? Okay, wrap us up, bitch. So we are part of the Morbidly Beautiful podcast. You're sound beating down at this point. <laughs> and I don't know if they want me to say that anymore, but uh, we are at the moment. So, <laughs> so go to morbidlybeautiful.com, your place for horror, and check them out. Check out the podcast network and the other podcasts on the network. We just had a new podcast. Join the network. It is very exciting. We are hosted by Anchor.fm. We are on social media, podcast, Facebook, we, podcast. We're on <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Podcast at Night. We are on um, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere that has podcasts. We are there. And... Um, if you'd like to support us, but you don't have any bread, we get that. Neither do we. And the easiest way to do that is to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you do that and you take a screenshot of it and send it to us at podcastatnight at gmail.com, we will send you a free vinyl sticker. It's pretty sweet. If you do have some bread, hey, you're lucky. And if you would like to spend it in our store, we have one. It's We just created a new one on Threadless.com. And w- so that link will be in the show notes as well. And that's it. So I'll just say goodbye from Chaos. And stay bloodthirsty, friends. Good night from Carnage. And as always, we're filmed in front of a live studio audience of destructive fucking bitch cats. Wow! <laughs> Crash!